Welcome back to Navigation and Discovery with Cameron Singh. On today's podcast, we have special guest Richa Awasti. Richa was the former mayor of Foster City in Northern California, and she also served on the city council for several years. And Richa's background is actually in the financial services industry. And so she started in that industry after immigrating to from India, and uh, she wanted to be a part of creating change, and which was the reason why initially she entered into politics, serving on the city council in Foster City. And she made history being the first minority woman to be mayor of Foster City in over 50 years, and also as an Indian American. And so you're going to hear some great insights from Richa, some of her challenges in city council, a little bit about her why. And so really hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you. Well, Richa, thank you for uh, being on the podcast. Happy to uh, talk to you about uh, your your journey and your uh, experience. Thank you, Cameron. Happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. So let's start with your, um, you know, you have a very awesome and dynamic background, both in city politics and in in business. So I'd like to um, take a, a step back a little bit and talk about, you know, your experience and what led up to um, your entrance into uh, city politics. So if you can give us a little bit of background of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have been um living in the US in in the Bay Area in Foster City for two decades. And, uh, you know, like, um, like every I'm an immigrant from India. And uh, like every immigrant, uh, when you come to this country, you're busy settling down, um, just uh, uh, building your foundation and and a grounding. Um, So I had the background of being in the corporate world financial services industry. So I worked, I, I was busy working uh, my way up through entry level jobs. And right now I serve as senior vice president of Zell Payments at US Bank. And, um, you know, have, having a family, uh, I have two uh, kids, twins, um, who, are, who are now 16. Um, uh, but, um, you know, as you can imagine, you know, being, being a young family, uh, you know, trying to 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 settle uh, in a new country, trying to have a family, raising kids. Um, so, you know, the story is very common to so many of us, so many immigrants, you know, being in a new country and trying to settle down. Um, I, um, uh, I I like, like to think and have I've demonstrated that also um, where uh, I'm I'm different and unique in that I'm very action oriented and 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 since since I was a little kid, um, whenever I'm in a situation, if I see an opportunity for improving it, I just don't complain and don't sit tight. I like to take action. So that led to getting involved in my kids' school to 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 begin with. Um, so when my kids were in public schools, elementary school in Foster City, I got involved in um, site council. Um, and uh, helped the school with, um, you know, their, uh, especially the principal, you know, preparing an education plan um, and uh, chaired site council for two years in a row. And then I volunteered in many different uh, capacities uh, with my kids' school. 
And um, and then um, I saw a position um, with the city. It was a committee in, in innovation technology advisory committee. So I had taken on a new job uh, and the role that was uh, published, I just saw a banner driving by and I was like, you know, this is a good, this is very similar to what I do during my day job. And it will be a good opportunity to kind of give back to the city. I'd lived in the city for like 15, 16 years. And, and, I was, and so then I applied for that, went to the city council interviewed and got selected. And then I chaired that committee for a, for a couple of years, I think. Um, and then a city council position opened and several people asked me to consider running and it was a difficult decision at the time uh, because of the reasons I mentioned, right? Being an immigrant, trying to settle down, there's so much, there was so much already on my plate. And the easy answer at the time was to like, no, you know, maybe later, maybe, you know, uh, five years when, when my kids are, you know, in college or something like that. Um, but my, my husband encouraged me and he was very supportive and he was like, uh, you know, if you if people see that your skills can help the city, we love the city so much, um, then then I will support you. Why don't you step up? And um, and I did, <laughs> but I had no idea what I signed up for. Uh, I thought that it would be an extension of the volunteer roles that I'd been doing. Right? It's a small city, thirty five thousand people, less than thirty five thousand people, and. Um, you know, I would just use my skills and, and give back and, you know, contribute to policy decision-making. So it was a learning curve. So I had to learn about, you know, what city is all about, uh, what city politics is, what are the decisions I'll have to make? How does a city run? What are the different departments? So I did my homework. And so that, that was one part, like what the job entailed. And then the other part was a campaign. Um, so I, I have, I'm not a trained politician, had never run a campaign like that. It was something that, um, you know, like, like my drive, like I'm action oriented. And I was like, you know, I, I signed up for it. And then I'm very competitive also. So when I signed up for it, I was like, I'm good, I got to win. So, um, you know, I worked very hard, um, you know, faced, faced challenges because of the political environment of the city at the time and those who were supporting me, et cetera. But um, but I won the, the election in 2018 and um, and then, uh, you know, got into, you know, the politics of things. Um, so, you know, you're you're almost thrown in a situation where you kind of have no option but to figure things out. So kind of learning on the job and at the same time performing. Um, it's it's an it's a position of extreme responsibility because the decisions you make as a policymaker, there are five council members, but there's a lot of responsibility on your shoulders because the decisions could impact um, people's lives, uh, short term and long term. Um, so I, uh, you know, I worked very hard, did my homework on every single aspect involved, and. Um, uh, tried to do justice to the role. The final year as the mayor, um, it got even more busy and uh, a lot of juggling and more responsibility. Um, but, um, you know, I, I was very proud of the work that I did, you know, the year end um, state of the city uh, video that I created kind of brought everything together. Um, you know, some of some of the things, some of the turmoil that existed in the city, you know, I tried to bring in the professional kind of 
order and um, and culture of you know basing decisions on data and facts. Uh, um, you know, try try to inculcate meritocracy, if you will, mm-hmm. um, among the city staff um, uh, with a balanced approach. Obviously, there there are many factors involved. So, that in a nutshell. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Sounds like an interesting journey. I wanted to touch on um, how the campaign was for city council. Um, Of course, that was not an easy journey. And you mentioned you didn't realize what you signed up for until (laughs) you had to go through that entire process. What were some of the challenges that you had um, during the campaign or maybe some unexpected things that came up? Yeah. So one of the things, um, you know, I've learned now, you know, looking back is you know, there, there are always, always so many more supporters than, um, you know, those who would not support you. And I think the toughest part is like people uh, would not take the time to really get to know you, you know, to meet with you, get to know you. In the, in the world that we are in, um, you know, internet and social media, um, propaganda and uh, misinformation, rumors, that has the potential to paint a picture of you that is not you. So the responsibility of, um, you know, residents or, you know, cit- for, at the national level of us as citizens, as voters, is to really do your homework and get to know um, the people. And um, people are busy and, um, you know, there's a tendency to be a little bit lazy. There's a tendency to kind of go with the flow um, and just um, make assumptions and and develop a certain perception about individuals, right? Um, So that that is a big challenge. Um, So whenever, so I, I knocked on doors quite a lot in both my campaigns. And I observed that when I talk with people one-on-one, when they get to know me, they, um, they, you know, they, they just, they like me. And that worked really, really well for me because when they had the opportunity to see my passion, to see the credentials that I've been bringing to the role, to see that uh, I would really do a great job, um, I think uh, that, um, you know, that, that conforms uh, or uh, counters some of the things that may, may, they may have been hearing. So I think doing the homework, uh, understanding, you know, in the context of a political campaign, right? Understanding the positions uh, and not trusting rumors um, that, um, you know, people may be hearing. And Foster City is a small city. So there, there's, a, there's a lot of whisper campaign um, that goes on, and it is difficult to generalize things. But um, you know, it, you know, if I look in terms of demographics, right? So if I look in terms of age groups and uh, look in terms of you know the ethnicities, etc. So it is difficult to generalize it because you know there may be whites or older people, for example, who love me, love my approach, and yeah. are willing to you know, like true America, willing to give an immigrant, uh, you know, a brown woman, a chance. Um, there are several of those, several of those. But then there are also those who are older and white and kind of scared of 
you know, here's this immigrant brown woman and um, what is she going to do? What is she going to take away from me? And I love this place, whatever, right? They, they're yeah. coming, these new people, these immigrants, they're coming in from different countries and kind of taking over. So there's that mentality too. But again, I would say that there are quite a lot. And that's the reason why we, we love this country. We, um, we are successful in this country because not everyone is like that. America that I know of is, is a really very supportive. It's really the land of opportunity, even, even uh, the, the, the demographics that I'm talking about, you know, older or whites, I've got tremendous support from them as well. Mm. But there is definitely a sliver of those who are kind of like um, scared, I think, or apprehensive or um, not sure on uh, not trusting, I guess, um, despite anything and everything you can prove to them. Because I did such an awesome job as the mayor and some people don't like this. Uh, they, they call it like arrogance or whatever, but it's, it's the conviction that I have. And I have gotten that feedback from so many. Uh, and I have, I had proven myself um, on every aspect, you know, bringing, listening to all point of view. It's not just, um, you know, my views or what I feel like. I followed a very methodical process in running, um, you know, the, the city as the mayor. Um, and very logical decision-making process. Um, so I demonstrated what I'm capable of. I built so many regional relationships with the regional leaders um, and established Foster City's position in the region that didn't exist before, I don't think. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I heard that from so many um, uh, you know, throughout the Bay Area. And I demonstrated it, but still it wasn't enough for some people because I can't change the color of my skin. I can't change who I am. It wasn't enough. So how, so, and that's, that's the thing that kind of bothered me a little bit. But then when I put things in perspective, uh, like I started to, uh, you know, I started with when we started talking is that there's so much more support than compared to, you know, those haters, if you will. Yeah. So, but, but that, that part is something that needs work on because your credentials, your hard work, you demonstrate everything, you check all the boxes, you do a good job. At times it doesn't matter because you can't change the color of your skin. And that's a fact. And I, I'm not talking about uh, and I'm not trying to use a race card or anything, but it's a fact. It's never enough. It's, it's never going to be enough because you cannot change the color of your skin for some people, not for, for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I know it's it sort of, I, so you, you won um, city council running for politics for the first time. Um, and I'm sure those first couple of weeks after, um, because this is something that I struggle with too. And I just started a new uh, leadership role in the aviation industry on Monday and um, there's this inner dialogue that always comes to play in my mind is like I shouldn't be here I shouldn't be here and I'm sure you you had that too like what am I doing here I, I shouldn't be here um, how did you manage that um, being in um, starting off in council and then I like to touch a little bit on your transition to mayor and how that was sure 
Yeah, I, I think when, when things were difficult, uh, I'm not lie, there were times where I'm like, um, I'm out of here. I mean, this is not worth it. I thought it's, it's a volunteer job and I want to give back to the city. I want to use my credentials, my time. It's a sacrifice for my family. And, um, and if, you know, it's gonna be like this, I, I, want, I, want to, I don't want to do this. Uh, I don't, I have a professional career. I have so many opportunities. I'm doing this just to give back because it is fulfilling to give back. It is, it is really um, very inspiring to be able to inspire others and to be able to help improve people's lives. And that was the only reason I was, and I love the city. I wanted to live in the city for as long as I can. Um, so that was the reason. But when I had those moments, I'd, I'd like to say my, my mentors and, um, uh, and people who supported me kind of kept me from, from doing that, from quitting. Um, and, uh, and, and there weren't, there weren't that many moments, one or two times when it got really tough um, uh, they're like, we need people like you in politics. And why would you, you know, why would you consider even leaving? And um, you need to to survive in in this, um, uh, you know, like be able to take the blows and you know, come come out successfully. Um, so I would I attribute it to my mentors. Um, so I was fortunate to have um, some really good mentors. Um, you know, mayors and city council members from neighboring cities uh, who kind of like, um, you know, this, you, you can't quit. And, and then, you know, as I said, I am, I am competitive by, by nature when I, and when I sign up for something, I want to really do well in it. And I want to give it my hundred percent. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that kept me going. <laughs> Yeah, you touched on something good that that um, I take to heart is having mentors surround you and having the right mentors that continue to encourage you because you know even if it's four or five haters, those four or five haters sound like a hundred and it can really bring you down. But having people around you that continue to encourage you in in several different ways uh, really makes a difference. Um, so you served on council and then transitioned. Uh, to mayor, could you take us inside that process and how that journey was of that transition from council member to to mayor? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am, uh, you know, I was the first immigrant woman of color mayor of Foster City in Foster City's fifty year history. Um, the 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 position of mayor is supposed to be rotational, right? So every council member kind of gets the turn to be the mayor, but uh, that had been a little political in Foster City. So um, uh, I wasn't 100% um, sure that polit politics would not play a role again, and that um, you know, I may or may not get the chance to be the mayor. Um, but um, you know, I, I remain focused on the job. I did my due diligence, did my job really well, um, try to build relationships with, um, you know, uh, people with like different views, kind of reaching across the aisle, if you will. Um, and um, yeah, I think by that time, um, you know, things, things got a little like smoother 
you know, with, with all the work that I put in uh, and, and some of the newer members who got elected also, so kind of, kind of helped play a role in that. And so I was unanimously selected, you know, five zero vote up to, to be the mayor. Um, and the, the transition is, you know, in a lot of ways, the role of the role of mayor, mayor is ceremonial. Um, in that, you know, they represent the council, they represent the city in events, in, you know, ribbon cuttings, etc. But, but I try to take it, uh, you know, above and beyond that, um, you know, as, as the leader, as someone who can steer the direction, the city would go, um, especially some of the longer term um, projects or longer term strategic ideas I try to focus on like for for example one of the things I really was passionate about and I made strides on is public private partnerships so the role of um, you know privately uh, publicly traded companies in giving back to the city so how you can establish a strategic alliance with them um, having more relationships regionally um, making the progress on existing projects, how to communicate, engage with the residents better. Um, so several of those aspects that I kind of used my background, which, which was very unique. Um, and still, I, I don't think there is anyone from the corporate world in the council. And that brings a lot of corporate rigor, discipline, methodical approach, um, professional demeanor. Uh, and I brought all those things um, and try to move the needle on several of the projects. And how how did you could because being a, at a mayor of any city, small or large, you still are at a pedestal where um, people are watching, people are making comments, people are um, people are opposing viewpoints, opposing decision making, and that's just the norm of of city politics. Um, how did you handle? being on that platform and pedestal um how, how did you handle just the all all of the stuff that comes behind uh the attention of of basically being mayor yeah yeah it's um said that you know um if you are too popular as a politician that then you're probably not doing your job <laughs> because um anything uh, you do you know there is a chance that half of the people will like it half of the people will hate it um, so by this time now, you know, I, um, I developed, um, you know, the strength and, you know, sort of the thick skin and the focus, um, to, to continue, uh, to push things forward that I thought were right. Uh, and there, there, there were all, there are curveballs. They're always curveballs and an interesting time that we are in where we are so divided as a nation that uh, trickles down to local level too. So to juggle that, to balance that was required a lot of tact. And unfortunately, not a lot of people watch council meetings, um, but those who watched me in action I, after every difficult, um, topic that we dealt with and how I nav navigated it, um, you know, I, I received good feedback. One of one of the topics, um, for example, involved, uh, you know, like, like an application from, uh, from a developer to 
um, to some concerns from the labor unions, right? And um, there was divisiveness in the council on that. So to be able to navigate that and achieve an out outcome that was favorable for all the parties and kind of setting an example um, that Foster City Council did that, you know, was really monumental. Um, so I think the short answer to your question is, um, uh, I, th that no longer, I mean, it does bother me. We are all human beings, um, you know, negative comments, even if there are five of them. Uh, but, um, but you, I'm able to put things in perspective better. So, you know, I'm able to handle it. So, and it's, it's a, some, sometimes it's a, it's a good sign too, that, you know, you must be doing something right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And then what would you say, um, you know, I know those that are listening to this podcast, um, very fascinated by your story and journey. Um, but often I think people struggle with, and I know I struggled this with before is, you know, I'll never become that. I'll never, I'll never achieve that role uh, because of my circumstances. What, what type of encouragement would you provide? Uh, because I see this so often is that, that inner dialogue that, that people don't really change is where right. they define themselves who they are based on where they came from. Yeah. Yeah. That's a constant battle. And, you know, over the years I've learned that um, it is so much, uh, mental um, strength. So it is, it is dependent on so much having that mental strength to stop that, um, you know, that voice in you that could um, uh, pose hurdles, all right? Um, and I, I'm hesitating a little bit because, you know, not every situation, it's very easy to priest, right? Uh, it's very easy to preach and not every individual and every situation um, can lead to, to things of that nature. But one thing I can say that by remaining focused um, and just working on your inner voice and and just stopping the negative thoughts, it's it's an exercise. It's like you have to constantly try for it to stop can lead to better outcomes than otherwise would. So uh, then otherwise you would be able to achieve. So I think it's like whenever your mind, for example, when you're saying like, oh, this is your thinking. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stuck here. No matter what I do, I will not be able to achieve that. When that thought starts to come in your mind, just stop that and think about what you can do that is positive, that is constructive. That thought will come again. You have to constantly stop that. And when you do that multiple times, it, it sort of becomes uh, your nature, your habit. Um, I don't want to sound like a psychiatrist here, but that truly works, right? You stop that voice that is negative um, and won't stop in the first attempt. Like you constantly try that and then, um, then it works. Um, but then there would be moment again where there are curveballs and you can feel disappointed or depressed or, you know, hopeless. But no one else from, of course, you know, I'm, I'm a proponent of taking help. And we were talking so much about mental health these days. 
and therapy sessions and all definitely can help. But I think it's um, believing that you you have to bring in that inner strength to be able to deliver deliver um, is so important. And this is what I tell my kids too. Nothing that is of value is easy. So so unless and until you dedicate yourself 100% to a goal, whatever the goal is, it is difficult to, it is impossible to achieve that. The world is getting difficult by the day. So it's, you know, just working on your, your feelings and becoming mentally strong. Um, and it's, it's practice and anyone can do that. So that's what I will tell people. It's not like something you're born with. It's something that you can develop. It is possible to develop and it leads to better outcomes than you would um, enjoy or experience otherwise. So what's, what's the wrong? What's the downside of it? So regardless of where you are, if you try to, you know, just, just focus, start somewhere and then, you know, one thing leads to another. I know it's a long winded answer, but I wanted it to be a little bit more practical, practical. Yeah, that's, that's really good. And, um, you know, you've been a very successful person in the corporate world with various roles. And right now you're a vice, is it, uh, what's your current role with U.S. Bank? Uh, I'm senior vice president of Zell Payments. Mm-hmm. And then throughout your journey in the corporate world, I know um, it's it's not an easy journey. What what kept you moving forward? Yeah, um, I I think I um, I try to maximize the opportunities I get. I try not to think uh, about what is not in my control, and I. Um, you know, give my more than hundred percent to um, to any any situation I'm in. I I never take for granted what what I have. Um, I think um, you know. I wish I could say, like in the corporate world, um, uh, there there is a secret sauce or a recipe, which is which is good and bad, right? Um, you know, if there was something hidden, I mean, if there is that, I don't know about, but if there, there is something hidden, then, you know, any, anyone who's trying for, for a career, uh, can think, oh, I don't know this. If, you know, if I, if I just figure out what is that secret sauce, I may be able to be more successful. Let me tell you, there's no secret sauce. Mm -hmm. The only secret is hard work, focus, dedication. Um, and, um, like I said, you know, if there is any, any that I don't know, but of course, you know, um, connections and having mentors that helps, but it's like individual efforts, um, you know, it's your merit. I think that still works um, in America, you know, they yeah. talk about American dream. So rather than thinking about finding alternate ways, remaining focused on doing things the right way, and doing your homework and due diligence that leads to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, not taking no for an answer. And of course you, you can make mistakes, but learning from those mistakes and just keep moving forward. Um, I, I, I think that that is the secret that um, I, I would, I would say um, 
very strongly about having that focus, especially in today's world, there's, there are so many distractions. And when you're thinking about a career path, um, if you allow yourself to get distracted, even in the field that you're looking at, um, then it would not, it would come in the way of achieving your goal. I think when you have decided on, so first plan and decide on a goal, then there should not be anything in between you and that goal. That extreme focus like an athlete is so important. I think it's more important than it, it, it had ever been before because of the distractions um, that we have today. Awesome. That's so true. And I, I, I'd like to close with this question because, um, you know, you mentioned you have a family uh, with, with two kids and, um, and I think it's a, it's a battle that people are having today is achieving what I would call is balance. And I think balance is different for everyone. There's not a, a, a sweet spot for achieving balance. Um, so in, in everything that you've done so far in your career, in your life, how, how did you uh, find that uh, balance for yourself and your family? Yeah, that that is tricky, and and d- depending on the situation, it gets more challenging. For example, when I was I was a mayor last year, it was extremely challenging, um, with you know the my day job, uh, being the mayor, and then I ran for re-election. So um, you know I would, th- there were months it was really challenging, and I had no balance. So I I was very thankful for having a supportive husband and my family supported me wholeheartedly in my efforts. So during those months, and there could be times where, where um, you know, my I'm sacrificing my, you know, time with my family, not having dinners with them, et cetera. But generally speaking, I, I try to, um, to have the balance and it's about prioritizing. So what is more important for, for you? Um, and, um, I always, uh, any job I took, I always made sure that there was work-life balance and, you know, that work-life balance is, you know, work-life balance in corporate world, which is, which is not always the case, but um, yeah, I wanted to be able to have certain boundaries. So be very disciplined about boundaries. So if I want to pick my kids up, no matter what, I will plan a way around it. Or I want to spend time with them, I'll find a way around it. There are moments that, you know, I, I would lose the balance, but for the most part, I try to um, set boundaries, um, you know, define my, to the extent I could define my, my schedule um, uh, and, and to do that is to work in progress, you know, to use phone less, for example, some of the co- common things, I think you need to be really, really, I mean, after becoming a mom, I realized like you have to become really efficient mm-hmm. and use the every single minute of, of the day wisely. Um, so. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. It's been, it's been really nice to hear from, from your journey and your experience of, um, you know, not not only your rise in, in the corporate world, but also seeing you thrive in in city politics. Um, so thank you so much for for really being not an inspiration to me, but those those that are are listening because it, it just shows that you know if you put your mind to it, like you said, you put your mind to something is continue to pursue it and go through all the different obstacles that come your way. It seems like uh, you've done that uh, pretty successfully. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you for having, and thank you for doing this for, for the audience. So great work, Cameron. Yeah. Thank you so much, Richa. Um, any other closing thoughts that you'd like to share? You know, I would just um, hope that, um, you know, people in our community, um, they um, step up more and get, try to get more engaged in, especially in the local politics. Um, I know it is difficult to do so as an immigrant when you're trying to settle down, you know, working on your immigration statuses, et cetera. But it may not seem um, in the short term how important it is to get engaged, but over a period of time that can lead to not getting engaged and involved can lead to not getting represented when policies are made and designed for you. So figure out a way to get involved, um, you know, even if it's for a couple of hours a week or something like that, you know, or just reading and get, getting to know the policies, getting to know what you, even if you are not able to vote now, what, when you would be able to vote, getting an understanding of the policies. So... Well, thank you so much, Richa, for your time uh, to to actually do this podcast and share your experience. And um, thank you. Thanks a lot, Cameron. Well, thank you for tuning in to Navigation and Discovery with Cameron Singh. I really hope the interview with Richa Awasti really allowed you to go in her mindset and gather some of the challenges that she went through and some of the things that she was struggling with in her mindset to be a minority woman in in politics in a local city council and so i really hope that this interview helped add value to to your life wherever you are at um if you want to connect with me also um you can go to cameronsing.com and everything that you need to know is on there all my social media links as well and also if you would like to purchase a copy of my latest book navigation and discovery uh you can go to cameronsing.com or the direct link is cameronsingbook.com and on my social media you'll be able to see if you want a little taste of it the first two chapters of the book i'm giving out for free um you can find all that on my social media and um i really hope that you enjoyed this podcast if you can do me a favor and uh give a good five-star rating on whichever platform that you're listening to and put in there some good comments with your instagram handle and i'll give you a shout out on the next podcast thank you so much and really hope you enjoy this podcast and uh subscribe now on whichever platform you're listening on so you'll get the notice for the next one thank you and take care